I'm Ray Rogers. And I'm Brad Kepler. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. Today's episode kicks off the second edition of our Mission Critical Cloud series. Over the next three episodes, we'll bring you conversations with AWS leaders and customers as we gear up for the Public Sector Summit online on April 15th, which you can register for now at no cost at aws.amazon.com slash fix dash this dash podcast. To kick off the series, we caught up with Max Peterson, Vice President of Worldwide Public Sector International Sales, to learn how the world of education is rapidly transforming with the cloud. Here's Ray and Max. Max, so much has changed for students, educators, and educational institutions around the world. Just this time last year, many universities and schools had to quickly adjust to the sudden shift from in-person learning to suddenly a fully remote virtual model. Tell us about what has changed from last spring to now. What we saw in 2020 is that education is transforming like never before. There was an incredible push to make education available to millions of students around the world. Educators were concerned about the continuity of education. They needed to be able to provide teachers, students, and staff with immediate access to online teaching, learning, and assessment. Customers recounted to us how suddenly, within weeks and months, They were undertaking huge digital transformations that would have otherwise taken them years. Steve Smith, who's the former vice chancellor of the University of Exeter, put it this way. He said, things that I was told for years couldn't be done were done in about three weeks. It was challenging, but super exciting. We helped our customers migrate and scale learning management systems. For example, in Egypt, we worked with the Ministry of Education and AWS partner CDSM Thinky to provide more remote education to millions of primary and secondary students. And CDSM Thinky helped the ministry to take their national education website online, where it received over 700 million page views. Uh, Be Smart Labs, an Italian digital education technology company, used Amazon Chime software development kit to quickly add video calling capabilities to their Be Smart classroom for remote learning and it delivered real-time communication function to about a third of the country's public schools. Looking ahead in 2021, innovation is gonna continue with more and more personalized learning, using technologies like machine learning to tailor education to the specific needs of each student. For example, Pearson developed an analytics dashboard that gives instructor data on student performance, scores, and time spent on assignments. And with these type of insights, It helps teachers tailor their lessons and detect what students are struggling on so that they can intervene and help them right now when it matters. As you mentioned, we're witnessing a massive shift in strategy and thought process from education leaders. It seems the question now is, how can we use the AWS cloud to enhance the student and educator experiences? What are some of the most compelling cloud-powered solutions you're seeing, Max? We're seeing a lot of innovation that's aimed at driving student engagement. One example of the fastest growing ed techs in Korea is ST Unitas, and they offer engaging content that prepares students for college and civil service exams. The company's developed Connects Q&A, which is an AI-based homework app that has become the most popular education app in more than 10 countries. And D2L, also known as Desire to Learn, is a learning technology company that's now reaching millions of learners around the world. And they're using technology to turn video and audio for learners 
into more accessible content for those with accessibility challenges. Llamazoo is a cool name and also an interesting capability that uses interactive 3D modeling to enhance learning experiences. On the higher education front, they're also using cloud to innovate around student services like student admissions. The University of Kiel wanted to engage prospective students and offer them top-notch campus tours and admission services. And the university needed a solution to confirm and offer open seats to incoming students who didn't match their preferred institution. In the UK, it's a process known as clearing. The university used Amazon Connect to be able to deliver a seamless telephone experience for prospective students that were looking for support. Then on the back end, the staff were able to quickly gather insights and automate processes so they could get greater efficiency and greater student benefit from these campus tours and admission services. And finally, from a teacher's perspective, technologies like this help by providing timely insights and suggesting follow-up learning and assessment activities. For example, Studos, which is an ed tech in Brazil, provides teachers with a 90,000-question database of practice questions separated by discipline, subject, and level of difficulty. And with that, teachers can create and apply tests, tasks, and simulations and evaluate students. And the tool uses AI to suggest activities that improve student performance. Yeah, so now we're starting to get into assessment. Many countries and institutions had to cancel their end of semester or end of year exams over the last year. Many had to conduct their exams online. And for some, that was the first time they had to do that. How are customers thinking about assessment going forward? Universities migrated to the cloud to offer digital assessment at scale. For example, LSE, London School for Economics, quickly realized that their existing on-premise infrastructure just couldn't accommodate the needs. And so they moved with AWS quickly to be able to scale their capacity to take over 2,000 concurrent test takers. So one is capacity. We're also seeing growth in virtual proctoring solutions that enable educators to remotely assess students. The Columbian Institute for Educational Assessment and Evaluation, ICFES, is a government entity that also conducts state tests in Colombia. And they use Laureate's virtual proctoring solution called Sumati to conduct virtual testing for over 75,000 students. And Samadhi uses AI to be able to detect unusual activity or objects and flags them for human proctors that then take a look at. Finally, a leading higher education association known as JISC recently released a report indicating that these types of emerging technologies will make it possible to test knowledge and skills in a more realistic, engaging, and inclusive way like catering to students with special needs, such as visual impairment. How are educational institutions thinking about campus in light of the shift to remote learning? We believe remote learning is here to stay, giving students continued flexibility in how they learn, where they learn, and at their own pace. Studies from the World Economic Forum indicate that students may retain up to six times more information and learn between 40 and 60% faster in virtual environments as compared to a physical classroom. Technology can help teachers in so many ways, and together we can make strides in access, equity, and outcomes. And higher education institutions are also reimagining what campus means. Last year, the University of East London established a dual delivery model with simultaneous online and on-campus offerings, and the idea is to improve student and professor interactions and thereby improve learning no matter where students may be physically. And this shift allows universities to also reach new communities and enhance the diversity of their student body. 
Looking ahead, what are some of the exciting projects emerging in higher education and research, and what role will the cloud play in helping them reach their goals? I'm super excited about our collaboration with Oxford University, where we're building a portfolio of new research projects related to AI, robotics, and cyber-physical systems, and human-centered computing. In fact, the purpose of the Human-Machine Collaboration Initiative is to revolutionize approaches to world-leading research and education at Oxford University by providing a platform for the basis of large-scale, multinational research initiatives. Researchers are using machine learning algorithms to examine the effects of aerosols on clouds, on greenhouse gases, and all of this ultimately to help mitigate the effects of climate change. So, So really exciting potential by doing this. Another exciting project is the Oxford X Reality Hub, where researchers are collaborating with the Oxfordshire County Council to apply virtual reality and machine learning to address attainment gaps between children in care and their peers. And so while those are some exciting examples with Oxford and outreach to the community in Oxfordshire, globally, by connecting researchers, this will yield faster time to science, more insights, greater collaboration, And really, I'm excited to see what other innovation unfolds in the months ahead. If you've ever been interested in learning about the classics in English literature, you know it's not exactly the easiest subject to jump into. New words, unfamiliar settings, different societies, foreign speech patterns, it can definitely be a challenge to grasp the story if you're a young learner just beginning to dive into the world of classic lit. Helping children engage with this material is at the very heart of this research project from the University of Oxford's X Reality Hub. Researchers created a cloud-powered virtual reality solution to help students engage in a new way with the Charles Dickens novel, Oliver Twist. To help students better understand what and how the novel's characters lived and experienced Victorian England, this research project lets students immerse themselves in what the characters would have seen and experienced hundreds of years ago. In collaboration with the Oxfordshire County Council, the project aims to address the attainment gap between children in care, those who often have access to fewer resources, and their peers, who typically have different opportunities available to them to advance their studies. To learn how the project got started and what their initial results have shown, we spoke with Dr. Mattia Montanari, postdoctoral researcher at the University of Oxford and the director of the Oxford X Reality Hub. My name is Mattia Montanari. I'm a postdoctoral researcher at the engineering department of the University of Oxford, and I'm a computational scientist. I specialize in simulations, engineering simulations. I became also very interested in computer games, and that's why at some point I also explored virtual reality and immersive technologies. What most excites you about virtual reality? It's potential, really. Effectively, in VR, what you can do is to immerse somebody into a virtual place or bring it instantaneously into place on the opposite side of the world or under the ocean. You know, we used to say sky's limit, but when it comes to VR, there is no such limit. And so with COVID-19, we've seen the gap widen between children who come from affluent families. They have access to supplemental educational resources and children who may come from backgrounds with less. How did this rapid societal change kickstart your latest research project? COVID-19 accelerated this research because it really pushed the Oxfordshire County Council in particular to act and to support learning. So what we did with them was to brainstorm a few ideas and figure out how the technology could help 
the learning experience of children around the county. The EdTech project in the cloud was created to address the attainment gap that we registered not just during COVID-19, but even previous to COVID-19. We went through an iterative process where we were, for instance, trying to decide what to teach in this virtual reality experience. We were starting with science, math, but then we turned into literature because that's what students in that particular virtual school are struggling to learn with. It's so wild for me to think about gamifying this, what is often seen as like a very traditional learning pathway. And you did that with the EdTech in the Cloud project. Tell us about what title you selected and what children are actually experiencing when they step into this virtual world. So like a passage of Oliver Twist, there was following an input of the teachers that said there are a few words that children struggle to pick up or misunderstand. Things like copper, for instance. Copper is a material, but how does it look like? When you just read it from a book, you might not have a picture. We then created a script for our app. And this script was read by a professional actor that enhanced the storytelling behind the scene. And you brought us a few samples from the VR experience. Let's take a listen to one now. Judging from this pile of empty bottles, it looks as if gin was quite popular. That's not surprising. Industrialization also affected alcohol production. And so that's where the visualization of the object combined with the passage of Oliver Twist can be useful. It looks exactly like Victorian England, but of course, if you've never been there, you wouldn't know how, to, how it would look like. You can't pass smell through VR, but through visuals and through sound, the brain will basically work out its magic and convey the message of the smell of the places back then. And it was smell horrible. And you brought us another clip that actually speaks to that. That must be from the horses. Watch out! There were no sewer systems in Victorian times, so all the waste, animal and human, was thrown into the streets and washed into the rivers. That doesn't sound very hard. One of the things that you touched on previously was that you wanted to do this in a low-cost way so that it would be scalable. Tell me a little bit more about any of the necessary hardware that is needed for kids. How are they accessing this? Is it through a computer? Is it through their mobile device? Tell me a little bit more about the physical experience of getting into this virtual world. One of the major barriers to embrace VR these days is, in fact, accessibility. Not many people have got a high-spec virtual reality headset at home, and to buy one, it would cost a few thousand pounds. So we started off on the assumption that in every household there is a smartphone. And then we created virtuality cardboard, which are essentially very, very cheap devices where you can place inside your smartphone. There are two lenses, and through this box, you can then enter VR and look around. And again, you can still leverage VR in a cost-effective manner. What are some of the most exciting points of data that you've seen thus far? We have asked children to take quizzes before and after the VR experience. We registered an improvement in the learning of about 60, 60 plus percent, which is a very, very promising uh, metric of what we're doing here. But what is really exciting comes from the comparison from the open questions. We created through algorithms word clouds, or we also run some sentiment analysis on the sentences that students wrote. And funny enough, children start 
typing words that they have heard in the VR experience in the post-game assessment. How has the cloud helped you deliver this experience for students and how has the cloud fit into your research? So there are two aspects of the cloud which have been incredibly useful. First of all, the technology itself. The fact that we didn't have to worry about installing particular software or buying hardware in a project that delivered in, in, in four months. We went from really creating the team to delivering the app and analyzing the data. We wouldn't be able to deliver that quickly if we had also to worry about creating an infrastructure. The second aspect of working with the cloud is basically the people behind it, really. The AWS people have proven to be phenomenally useful and the partnership that is creating with the university. They have been instrumental on many levels. What's next for the project and what most excites you about it? Well, what excites me personally is the ability to help children learning. I believe in education and this app tries to improve how education is delivered. So that's very exciting for me. For the project itself, what we're going to do next is to scale the app, to roll it out to more virtual schools. We will uh, start from Oxfordshire County, but we will hopefully also scale it nationally. And why not globally? If you gave me the opportunity to use virtual reality to, to walk through the streets of Victorian London and experience Oliver Twist that way, I would be all for that. Okay, Brad, and now what if you're an aspiring vet student who needs to dive deep into canine anatomy? Wouldn't it be cool to be able to work through your dissection questions and go deep whenever you want in an app? Yes, because that stuff is complex. And mastery of anatomy is foundational to every aspect of becoming a successful vet. Lamazoo is a Canadian-based tech company that specializes in 3D visualizations. Their app, Easy Anatomy, was developed with MRI and CT medical scans to create extremely detailed, medically accurate 3D models of canine anatomy. The app allows students, no matter where they are, whether they're in the classroom or in their dorm room or at home, to continue to reinforce and practice their understanding of the material. With Easy Anatomy, students can virtually dissect the complete and complex canine anatomy layer by layer. Students are able to learn at their own pace and they can revisit specific topics thanks to personalized quizzing that uses AI to adapt on a student by student basis. To hear about Easy Anatomy, we chatted with Charles Levine, co-founder and president at Llama Zoo. Charles, tell us a little bit about your background and how the app idea for Easy Anatomy first came to you and your business partner. So coming out of the game industry, where I worked for about uh, 12 years, we really wanted to take these technologies that we had deep experience and expertise in and apply them to real world problems. And in the course of doing market discovery and exploring different areas, we discovered that the veterinary sector really relegated to, you know, 100-year-old textbooks and cadaver dissection. Uh, and there's a lack of resources there. So we figured this was a perfect area to apply 3D visualization and real-time rendering to. And so that's kind of what took us down that path. Yeah. So what exactly is Easy Anatomy? Can you give us a quick rundown of who's using it? What does it do? Easy Anatomy is the world's most comprehensive 3D virtual canine cadaver application. It's built using medical imaging data in partnership with five universities, as well as three professors that helped create all of the pedagogical content and the quizzing content. We have over 10,000 users subscribed to the application. and. 
something over 120 universities worldwide that have users utilizing this tool. And effectively what it is, is it puts all of this big medical imaging data in consumer and, and users' hands on consumer-grade devices like iPhones and iPads and you know a MacBook. And it allows students, professors, educators, and researchers to explore the comprehensive canine anatomy and dissect it virtually, but then also take AI adaptive quizzes and create bookmarks for 3D PowerPoint style presentations and share content and really explore the depth of anatomy. Yeah. So how similar is the 3D virtualized cadaver to a student actually being in the lab and going through a dissection? Anatomy is fundamentally a three-dimensional puzzle. And the better we can understand that puzzle by creating that cognitive map in our brains, the better we can understand anatomy. What's powerful about a digital tool is that you can dissect it and inspect it infinitely and from an infinite amount of perspectives and trials. So with a cadaver, you're typically limited to your lab time. You're sharing a cadaver with five, six, eight other students, and it's only accessible for that semester or that year. With our tool, you can effectively take this virtual cadaver to a coffee shop or do virtual dissection from home. So it's an incredibly powerful tool that unlocks the potential of infinite dissection. How has the pandemic changed the amount of interest in easy anatomy and how are students and professors around the world engaging with it now that they're out of the classroom? Yeah, we definitely saw an increase in in demand. People contacting us via our website and then also downloads via the app stores. All of these universities and educational institutions are now having to provide courses and resources that support remote learning. Easy Anatomy actually has tools built in that support educators in creating these pre-generated slides or views. And, you know, the professor who's leading a workshop or a lecture remotely, they can actually create all of these pre-generated bookmarks that they would then use in their lecture. So they can just effectively jump from view to view in a very engaging and animated and 3D method, which retains that kind of context that's really important in, in spatial subject matters like anatomy. Another component of Easy Anatomy is an AI-powered quiz and test feature and functionality. What are students able to do? And why is AI an important component of the testing feature? What we wanted to test students on was the mastery of content. So for every question, there's an additional answer key that requires the input of their confidence from not sure to somewhat sure to very sure and exceptionally sure. I I know this answer is correct, right? And so by using that input, we can then derive a level of mastery or certainty around the quizzing. So until we've registered a high level of confidence in a certain area, we don't move them on to the next level of difficulty. So every quiz question is actually generated on the fly using a mixture of machine learning and algorithms that we've adapted that are actually running on AWS based on the user's historical profile of mastery of those questions. So you'll never see the same quiz question. You'll never go through and do the same quiz. Students can actually generate their own quizzes by saying, 
I want to study the skeletal system with the circulatory system of the hind leg. You know, they can use these metadata tags to generate a quiz and then also say how long they want the quiz to be. So it allows us to take our quiz questions that we have in our system and really extend the value of that by focusing the, the student on the content they need to be focused on. Easy Anatomy was born in the AWS cloud. Can you talk to us a little bit about what the cloud has enabled you to do and how it has really powered the app? With the AWS, we were able to get off the ground and using the cloud very quickly, thanks to AWS for startups, which was exceptional when we were a two-person team working out of, a, out of a coffee shop. Since then, it's powered things like the content distribution, the app distribution, all of our user profile, our update system, pretty much everything that's working in the background of the application. The application is really just the front end to this incredibly complex infrastructure. With the cloud, education is transforming for students and educators alike. To learn more, please join us at the April 15th Public Sector Summit online. To register for the no-cost summit, visit aws.amazon.com slash fix-this-podcast. Here's a little more about what to expect from the summit from Teresa Carlson, Vice President and Leader of Amazon Web Services, Public Sector, and Industry Business Units. If you've enjoyed today's conversations and you want to learn more about the work AWS does with public sector around the world, register for the upcoming AWS Public Sector Summit online. This is a fully virtual, no-cost online summit, and registration is now open. We're building an experience that you'll be able to access right from your own virtual office. We hope you'll join us for a day of these virtual sessions, moderated chats, and interactive experiences to help you come away with what you need. As always, a big thank you to our guests, Max, Matsya, and Charles. And thank you for tuning in. If you like today's show, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share. We'll be here on the next one for episode two of the 2021 Mission Critical Cloud series.